Hello, America. It's Colonel Nonnyochka. Today is a very important day in America. I know you worry about COVID, but it's finished. Something more important is happening. Colonel Nonnyochka is coming out of hiding uh, to go on greatest American show, Michael Rand. Now, perhaps you have seen the puny wrestlers like Thunderbolt and Lightning, Little Egypt, Justice, Tulsa. They have all been on the Michael show. However, where is Tina Ferrari and Americana? What are you so afraid of? Maybe you go on Good Morning America and you talk to weathermen about the weather? Are you kidding me? Why you don't come on Michael Rand's show and face me? I will start first. Now, however, Tina, you really sent Ashley Katia instead of you? I challenge you, comrades. Today, I will be speaking with Michael Rand, and I will tell all. No holding back. From Russia, it's the one, the only, Colonel Ninochka. Is Ninochka, but nobody gets that right. Colonel Ninochka comes from Russia, America. I'm here to crush you. You pull me, you hate me all the time. You will pay, you capitalist swine. Back in Russia, where I write, they call me Nenochka the Great. I know you all want me to go because I've pulverized all in glow. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Grand Show. And today's special guest is the fabulous, the one, the only, wonderful from Kier, Russia, the glow champion, Colonel Ninochka. Hey, Ninochka, how are you? Hello, Michael. I'm doing very, very well. It's so nice to have one American that can actually speak the truth about like how wonderful I am. Yes, you're right. Correct. <laughs> We're going to have a great time, everybody, today talking to Ninochka from GLOW, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Now, Ninochka, I just want to say the fans have been dying to have you on this show. You are the most requested guest, and here you are. So thank you again for coming to do this interview today, because we're going to have a great time, everyone. And Ninochka's going to tell all. And we're going to start right from the beginning. I want to know how you got started in GLOW. Okay. The truth is, my mother made costumes for Susie Spirit, Lori Thompson, for Star Search. Oh my God, who even remembers Star Search? So we were doing the costumes for GLOW, 
And I got so excited when I saw these girls training. And I thought, you know, they are kind of puny wimps. I was a professional ice skater. Um, I'm sorry, a competitive ice skater. I was a professional dancer. I wanted to take these girls on. So the very next day, forget the fittings. I'm going to training camp. Okay, awesome. And who trained you? Well, my trainer was Royal Hawaiian. And then eventually later on, you trained some people, correct? Like in the later seasons, or did you train others in the early seasons as well? Um, I didn't in the early seasons, but when it came to three and four, Debbie Debutante trained the puny baby faces and Ninochka trained the badass bad girls. And what were some of the things that Royal Hawaiian trained you when she was training you? How was the training like? And then okay, how did, so when you trained then, how did you do anything different? Did you do anything different than the way you were trained? No, the original uh, pilot girls had the pleasure of training with Mondo down in like East LA, like the real hardcore wrestling. And uh, we, the, the program was so amazing. The training was so perfect. Um, you know, I didn't get the pleasure of meeting him or training with him, but I did exactly what Royal Hawaiian um, had, had done. And basically the biggest thing about it is from day one, learning how to protect your neck and make your, there's so many exercises and ways to make your neck stronger so that you don't have like a horrible, tragic accident. And one of the things in all the interviews with all the ladies, whether they were a baby face or heel that they have said, almost every single one said that their favorite match, if they did wrestle, was against you and that they felt the safest in the ring with you. So can you tell me why safety is important? Well, I really appreciate that. And first of all, I have to say, when we started GLOW, for instance, uh, the cheerleaders, they were professional dancers as well. Um, I had been an entertainer. One of the biggest things was a lot of girls would get completely lost having to wrestle in front of a big crowd. There's such an incredible amount of of energy and adrenaline that pipes through your body and sometimes you could like look at other girls and be like they're 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 lost they have no idea where they are there and and I having been an entertainer uh since I was 14 years old I was I I didn't lose my mind in the ring so I think everybody thought um felt comfortable with that yes safety is um always so important but there's absolutely no, um, nothing more important than really hard, hard physical conditioning. Um, having all your muscles and your strength and, um, you know, that's, that's your best weapon. Were you very athletic growing up? Did you do any sports or anything like that? Yes, I, at five years old, I started as a uh, competitive figure skater. Five years old, I was on the ice at 5 a.m. every morning um, until my teenage years when then I became a dancer and, and went on to dance and, and danced professionally in many wonderful shows before going to GLOW. And how important is it 
when you're a wrestler to have a strong work ethic and a good structure, you know, uh, as far as schedule and keeping on point as well as working out and things like that. Why is that important to make sure that you do that all the time? Well, I think it's everything. And seasons one and two um, were especially precious. We were all in the Riviera Hotel. Um, we lived and breathed glowed 24 hours a day. And also at that point, what I felt was so beautiful was there was a long period of time where we're doing all this training and we're doing all these matches, but it hasn't hit TV yet. We have no idea if it's going to be a success or not. We were just in that, we were in this chamber, this tunnel of just believing in this um, and wishing it to be and like feeling we were a part of making history, but we didn't know for sure. Like it could have, the first episode could have aired and it could have been the last episode. Um, so I think that was a really beautiful time. But we were like, I mean, we were literally at boot camp. We were inside that building and it was 24-7 glow. But I think that's why it was so successful because we were all so committed to it. And when you were in the Riviera Hotel, um, did you have a roommate over there? Did you get paired up with somebody? Or I did. Uh-oh, who was your roommate? We want to know. I did. The crazy and wonderful Palestina, who happens to live walking distance from me, and I see quite often. And she's just as wild and crazy as ever. And Palestina was a great character as well. You guys had some great characters that we'll talk about a little bit in that first season. Um, but what I want to know- Can I say one thing about that? Yeah. Uh, and this is actually one of my favorite glow stories, okay? And I brought it up. I know we're not talking about season three and four. Um, recently, I had done an interview and they asked me about my match with Daisy and I was wearing the green outfit. And at the mo time, I know we're going to talk about that later. I was like, green outfit, I don't remember that. But also, what about the hair? I have all this long brown hair, which was actually my real hair. Um, and so when I started with glow, I was one of the only characters that was not true to form. Like Palestina, her personality is Palestina. I mean, like Janine Jouet, like she's that crazy, fiery, wonderful uh, person. I was the only one that was really completely different because they actually had had a Russian girl uh, who fell out, but they had that fabulous skit, Easy as KGB, which I just absolutely loved and like had to have. So one day I have like that long brown hair and Matt Simber talks to me about this. Well, I'm a, I'm showbiz baby, I'm all in. So that night I call my hairdresser, I get my hair cut off, I get it bleached white blonde, I go to training the next day, all freaking day, nobody says a word to me. Like, are you kidding me? This is a huge complete change. Nobody says a word to me about it. Like. So we're in the meeting afterwards and Matt Simber says, yeah, and where the hell was that Lori Palmer chick today? And I'm like, raise my hand. I'm like, I've been here all day. It's just that nobody recognized me. <laughs> That's hilarious. And yeah. um, so basically how, like you said that they had this character of Ninochka. So did mm -hmm. you see how the character came to be before you took over the role? And what did yeah. you do to make it your own 
No, I found my own way. And actually, one of the things that helped me the most is, as I told you, as a child, I was a competitive figure skater. And the greatest skaters and pair teams at that time and were the Russians. So I knew a lot about Russian training and um, the background. So I never met the previous Ninochka. Um, there was no tape on her. I just made it my own. And those easy, easy as KGB sketches that you mentioned, they were so hilarious. Can you tell us what it was like filming those sketches? It was absolutely fabulous. Um, I loved them. Um, unfortunately, like because of the way scheduling goes, you do your whole season's worth of sketches in one night. Um, so hopefully you're on and having a good day that day. And then you also had raps as well as Glow Girls. So can you tell us, did you write your own raps? We wrote our own raps. Now, Queenie, um, Matilda the Hun, she wrote the original song and it was her original idea to do the rap. But then we uh, all wrote our individual raps which also was a really great process. First, it was kind of a little scary and intimidating, but it was a great process that it came out of our words so that it helped us cement and find our character. And what was it like living at the Riviera Hotel? Because when you went out in public, even though the show wasn't broadcast there in Las Vegas, they still separated you from baby faces and heels, correct? Like you stayed in KFAB. We were kayfabe the whole time, so which was um, actually fantastic. And staying at the Riviera was wonderful. The staff was so helpful. Ha, three buffets every day. We got all the wonderful food. Um, but I again, uh, one and two because we were in character twenty four seven. My beloved chainsaw, I've said this many times, she, the chainsaw was with her and it was a real chainsaw with her every single second. She took it to the buffet with her. She was never without it 100% of the time. Um, we, you know, we were all like that, but I also think that's why it really cemented. I mean, we were who we were. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, let's put on our costume and do a match on Saturday. Um, we were living it. So did Chainsaw get a lot of stares when she was walking around the Riviera Hotel with the chainsaw? Yeah. <laughs> can only imagine. Yeah. And, um, I just absolutely loved Chainsaw so much. And it was a huge burden on her because again, this was something that had never been done. And for her to, she was obviously terrified of somebody getting hurt. She took it very seriously. It was never out of her possession so that she knew that nobody ever messed with it. Um, she was hands-on with any fuel or oil or anything uh, that went in with that. She took it very, very seriously. Now you had- actually, I think it was a huge burden on her, honestly. Yeah. Now you had so many opponents that first season. I'm just gonna name some of them and then we'll talk in depth about some of the matches, but you faced Little Feather, Ebony, Dallas, D 
Debbie Debutante, Tammy Jones, Sally the Farmer's Daughter, California Doll, Ashley Cartier, Tina Ferrari, Americana. Um, the first match I want to talk about, you had a three-on-three -three match where it was Susie Spirit, Debbie Debutante, and Americana versus Ninochka, the Royal Hawaiian, and Spanish Red. So we got a good group of girls in that match. Can you tell us any memories mm -hmm. of those girls and what it was like working with them? Well, it was, there was no weak link. I mean, you talk about six of the best wrestlers of GLOW. I mean, and we all had our different uh, personalities, but just, it was a pleasure because it was top notch. And honestly, like looking back on that, I was like, I would have expected more uh, showboating, like me trying to show you up and prove that I'm better than you. But we were all very consummate professionals. Um, and I don't remember any, uh, any drama. It was just like, you got your six solid wrestlers. Let's get into it and, and, and duke it out. It was, it was awesome. Now, fans also want to know, because on the air, they had mentioned that there was a match. They go, Ninochka had faced this one, that one, that one. And one of the names they mentioned was Susie Spirit. But we never saw a Ninochka-Susie Spirit singles match on the air. So did that match actually take place that you can recall? No, it did not. I, I don't recall that it did. Um, I got so involved with the rivalry with Tina Ferrari, uh, who I guarantee is going to be on your show very soon. Called out my sister on that one. Um, and Americana. So I was just really, um, it just didn't come up. There was no reason for it not to. It just, there were other matches. Now, one of the earliest matches you had was a great Texas barroom brawl match with Dallas. Oh. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. us about that? Okay, so we felt good about where we were wrestling. We felt Royal Hawaiian gave us this great training. We were doing well. But really, at the beginning of GLOW, the only professional wrestler previous to GLOW was Queenie, Matilda the Hunt, which, of course, I never wrestled against her. So here comes Dallas a.k.a. Killer Tomato, who actually is a real wrestler, I was scared to death because I was like, oh, I don't know what, you know, I was really nervous about that match. And she turned out to just be absolutely wonderful to work with. But we had kind of heard things like, oh, if real wrestlers come in, they're going to come in and purposely try and hurt you and, you know, all this stuff. So I was really nervous about that match. And it's probably the most well-known match of mine. Nanochka, Texas Barroom Brawl. Like that's probably my number one match. And you went through- and she, was, she was a joy to work with. Yeah. She, she was tough though. I gotta tell you, she was tough. Yep. And, and you had more matches that season. And then it all led up to, so, so basically we had Tammy Jones was the first GLOW champion, then the Royal Hawaiian, then Americana. So basically every week you wanted to wrestle Americana, but they gave you somebody else, no matter what. So right. it all built up all season. And then there was a battle royal. 
And mm-hmm. in that battle royal, you were one of the final two competitors in the ring against Olympia. And yes. you won the battle royal and you won $10,000. But tell everybody what you said to David McLean when you won that battle royal. I said, Mr. McLean, let me speak clearly the only language that you understand because you are a capitalist swine. Every week you promise me Americana, Americana, Americana. Let me tell you, I give you $10,000 if I get my match with Americana. And finally, the little weasel was good for his word. So that's what he did. He finally gave you the match with Americana and it basically was the last episode of that season that we finally got to see Ninochka in the ring with Americana. And in that first match, Americana, I don't know, do you want to say she cheated to pin you originally? And then, I don't know, the ref got knocked out of the ring and some, some things went on. And then you pinned Americana, but then she contested it. So what are your feelings on that? Well, of course, I see very clearly I win. And Americana, the only way she could win was to cheat. But, you know. Yep. So, so then they said, we're going to hold up the glow crown. And they have you come back season two. And they said that this match will determine who will be the champion. So you had to face Americana again. Yes. So you faced Americana. But you both got disqualified outside the ring for fighting outside the ring. So you had to do it again. We had to do it again and again. So you came back, but then something happened to Americana when you faced her that third time. What happened to Americana when you were trying to get that match done? Okay, you're more of a historian than I am. Um, I'm not sure. Well, you injured Americana, so she couldn't wrestle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. And I have to say, I have to, I have to apologize for that one. Because truthfully, Americana was my very best friend of anybody in GLOW ever. But not in the ring. I mean, in the ring, all bets are off. Yep. So then Americana wasn't able to wrestle. So they named the number one contender to take her place. And that number one contender was Tina Ferrari. Now you Another had- Another cheater. Another and you, cheater. And, and, and you had wrestled Tina Ferrari previously in season one and you defeated her. But mm-hmm. now you had to wrestle her again. So going into that match, did you think, oh, this is a piece of cake because I've already beaten Tina. So, so what was it like going into that match? Well, let me tell you, when I started with GLOW, TNA, uh, Ashley Cartier was considered the stronger of the two. Uh, she was like Tina Ferrari kind of started as her sidekick, right? But then Lisa Moretti, Tina Ferrari, she's, she snuck out and went to the gym. I've, between her and Attaché, I think were the most, like they powered up. Like, oh, some of us were like sneaking off property to like go have some fun. They were sneaking off to go to the gym. And Tina Ferrari, Lisa Moretti, 
man, that girl transformed her body. And yeah, I wasn't, pre I wasn't prepared. I didn't realize if I could do anything over again and glow, I want to be like as far as going in the gym and just like transforming my body and just really getting cut and just, uh, which Lisa Moretti went on to have a very long and um, a famous wrestling career because she was in just such great shape. Yep. And we're going to talk more about Tina and what led up to you winning the crown in a little bit. But there are some other wrestlers in between here that you did have some matches with um, that I do want to go back to. So one of them is Ashley Cartier, who was her tag team partner. You had mm -hmm. a, a brass knuckles match with Ashley. Right. What are your memories of that match? Well, of course, Ashley's always going to try and bring in the jewelry, you know. Um, uh, she was, you know, Ashley was, a, and today is still, she's a scrapper. You know, she's not going to give up easily. Um, of course, Nanochka was always going to uh, persevere and uh, end up on top. But that one was, yeah, that was scrappy. And then you also had, you battled with her in season one and defeated her, but then you had her again in season two where there was a surprise outcome and that wrestler is the California doll. So can you tell us what happened in that second match and your memories of the California doll? Okay, so California doll, um, beautiful, ditzy as hell, but she also is a powerhouse. Um, she's very, very strong. And um, I, she's also very tall. Like she's a lot taller than, than people. Like Justice also was like very tall. Um, so they, they weren't as easy to throw around. But my favorite California doll story is we did a Christmas special that was given just to the stations as a Christmas present. And it was called the Glow Games. And we all got paired up unexpectedly. So I get paired up arm wrestling California doll. Okay, all my strength is in my back and in my legs. I actually didn't have like great arm strength. I never have. I was a skater. I was a dancer. Like my legs, I put my legs against anybody's but not my arms. Now I cannot go on national TV and lose an arm wrestling with the ditzy yet beautiful California doll. So um, I do want to apologize. I was panicked and I cheated and that's how I won. I found a way to wrap my leg around the podium to give me the leverage to beat her because she was beating me on that, on that, uh, arm wrestling she was totally beating me and then I grabbed onto that post and squeezed my legs and that gave me the pressure to win but I always have to apologize to her for that one that was a dirty trick and that was one of the rare losses to Nanachka um that second time when you lifted her up and she pushed you down for the pin in season two so right. everybody was quite shocked and you told her that she was very lucky that day that she had got the pin yeah, and I got her back. She was lucky. But again, it was that a tremendous length. Look how long she is. You know, 
and it just she got lucky and then another wrestler you had that season as well was amy the farmer's daughter the second farmer's daughter what are your memories of amy now we had three farmer's daughters sally amy and babe amy was by far the toughest that chick was strong as hell yeah she was she was a tough contender i mean i love sally and babe but it you know it was kind of like thrown around a little kid with them but amy was formidable i mean she really whoo. and you had in there as well a battle royal in season two before tina had beaten you for the crown and in the final moments of that battle royal in the ring, the last three were you, Palestina, and Tina Ferrari. And you wanted to team up with Palestina to eliminate Tina. But then you and Palestina turned on each other. So can you tell us about that moment? Honestly, in preparation for this interview, I went back and watched that one because about a royal, so much is going on it's really hard to um, keep track. But when I watched it, I was like, are you kidding me, Palestina? By the way, you live very close to me. I may have to talk to you about this this week. How could she turn on me like that? That was bizarre. And I think I did not remember that because I think I blocked it out because Palestina was my friend. She was my roommate. How, what the heck? I mean, just because she's crazy doesn't give her the right to turn on Nanochka like that. Yes. And then there was another famous turn, even though you weren't involved in this storyline that I'd like to ask you about is Spanish Red. She was a bad girl, but then in season two, she became a good girl towards the end and helped when the flag was being stomped on by Palestina she turned to a good girl. What are your memories of Spanish Red? Okay, so my memories of Spanish Red, first of all, total badass, total badass. And she will never be a good girl. She will always be a bad girl. But she was, she was fiery. She was everything you saw in the ring. But she was very patriotic. And she took the flag very seriously you know even in this country and i have a problem with this too you're allowed to burn the flag or anything but but it's not right i mean there should be reverence and there should be respect for the flag and uh spanish red um was very sincere about that and then another wrestler that you battled was Little Egypt. Can you tell us what it was like in that match with Little Egypt? This one's a little rough uh, because Angelina and I are, are really good friends now. Um, and every time I see go back and even in that battle royal, I'm like, Angelina, I just always beat the crap out of you. I'm so sorry. I mean, I just really abused her. Um, so 
and and when going back for a second before I forget with Spanish Red when she did turn face mm -hmm. there was never a match between Ninochka and Spanish Red so who would have no. won that match if that match took place I don't even want to think about it um, but what would have been interesting is if Spanish Red had stayed and then I changed, wouldn't it have been fun if Ninochka and Spanish Red were tag teams, but babyface tag team partners? That yeah, would that would have been, been interesting. That would have been fun. And then another person that you mentioned working with was the great Matilda the Hun. Yes. Her and Mount Fiji were the two giants of the ring and like really the leaders of the two different sides. So can you tell us yeah. what it was like working with both Matilda and Mountain Fiji? Well, um, first of all, Matilda, just love her. I worked, like I trained with her, worked with her. She was definitely our leader, even though Aunt Kitty was our manager. Matilda was definitely the leader of our group. Um, and my favorite Fiji story, um, is in training, like Fiji was an Olympic athlete. Everybody knows she was a shot putter, but in training, man, she was on the mat. She was doing the rolls. Mountain Fiji was rolling on the mat. She wanted to roll. She wanted to this and that. And Matt Simber pulled her aside and said, uh, uh, the mountain never leaves her feet. The mountain does not leave her feet. And she was actually disappointed because she was so proud of herself that she was rolling and she was flipping and she was like, she she could have done it, but no. So um, of course, and both women, wonderful women and great leaders for both sides. Yeah. And then another um, famous skit that you guys filmed as bad girls was that song Nasty and Mean in the Riviera Hotel. Can you tell us your memories Wasn't that, that brilliant? Oh my God, we had the greatest choreographer for that video. Um, I do believe Nasty and Mean was another song. I believe Queenie wrote the song, but the greatest choreographer of all time. Uh, what was her name? Um, uh, Lori Palmer. Oh, that was me. Um, that, was, that was really fun because Matt gave me the job as the choreographer and then said, do what you want. So here I am like at the Riviera, like it's my playground. They didn't, there was nothing that they said I couldn't do. So we got all these great shots. Um, Matt did put in, um, input some things like, for instance, there was a great shot in that with uh, uh, Matilda or no, I think it was Spike and Chainsaw actually behind a cage in the casino with real money like matt i would never have thought we could have been allowed to do that um so that was all matt but it was that was one of the highlights of um glow for me i absolutely loved doing that and then you did a little song and dance uh there was Susie spirit as well and yeah. the referee called les musicales can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that again that was just um see I loved the one that I, I choreographed all of Susie's songs, but I love the one that I did with her because, you know, I loved playing Nanochka so much, but I missed not using my dance background. You know, uh, I was a dancer. Um, and 
so that was just that was just sheer fun for me and then as we mentioned before the glow games so how mm -hmm. did that come about and can you tell us the memories of that because there was s there was arm wrestling there was escalator races there was a pizza eating contest there was pool races in there so oh. tell us what you remember about that well the biggest thing i remember is the pizza eating because the glow games was supposed to be just total straight up legitimate competition between the girls no um you know it was just supposed to be straight up even on both sides well it comes to the pizza eating contest and here uh fiji gets this beautiful pizza uh with pineapple on it pineapple and ham hawaiian pizza and then matilda got the meat eaters pizza which was over an inch thick of of meat so it really wasn't fair now it took place at jacope Jacopi's, Jacopo's, which was a really wonderful uh, pizza place. Um, I know they have a place in Beverly Hills, like it was really upstanding. So the one thing they told us was like, girls, you know, they're, they're allowing us to film here. You know, don't do anything crazy. Please be respectful. And, um, uh, you know, Matilda got into a few pieces of that and she's like, there's no way I can do this. So I was like, uh, if you can't win, uh, might as well do a food fight. So that's what it was like, okay, go. And um, so that huge food fight, we got in a lot of trouble for that. Uh, Matt was really mad and, and embarrassed because the, the the pizza place uh jacopi's jacopas i'm sorry i can't say it right um they were very close friends and i know it caused a lot of um a lot of issues but matt you knew who we were when you let us play uh and then later because it became this huge food fight right and then later i heard fiji saying damn i'm still hungry i wanted some more of that pizza <laughs> so uh, I thought that was kind of funny. And then going back to Tina Ferrari now and your feud with Tina. So you had all these other matches. You finally went in the ring with Tina. Tina won uh -huh. that first match and won the glow crown. So that didn't stop you, obviously. You continued your pursuit for the crown. You faced Tina again. That second match was double disqualification outside of the ring. So Tina retained the crown. Then on the very last show of that match, you went up against Tina, and you, can you tell everybody what happened? Okay, so this is the very last episode of season two, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. Well, I have to make a decision here. Am I gonna tell you the truth? Or what I'd like you to think is the truth? um all right i'll go with the truth the truth is i never won that match um unfortunately after season two there was a huge divide with the glow girls and unfortunately most of the girls left with david mclean and went to pow so we're starting season three 
and we got no glow champion. But there were so many pins in that match where I thought I won, right? So, hello, editing room. Um, I never actually had the thrill of really winning the glow crown in front of the audience. Now, the crazier part of that was they edit it and then I'm supposed to run back to the dressing room with Aunt Kitty and we have this big celebration. Well, that happened over a year or so later and I had remade my costume and I, I didn't even realize this, but if you look between season one and two and season three and four, my unitard, my shoulder strap is on the other shoulder. So they had, again, Matt was pissed at me. He spent a lot of time pissed at me because then he had to put in a commercial break because they couldn't have me running out of the ring right into the thing and my leotards on the other side. So that was editing magic. Not that I didn't completely and totally deserve the glow crown, but I never, I never beat Tina for it. But you, but you could say you did in season one though. I beat Tina in season one, season yeah, one. but not for the Blue Crown. Yeah, but there was, like you said, there was this big division then where a lot of the girls left and they went with David McLean. So can you talk about what happened there? Why did David leave Glow and all these girls left? And why, did you, why were you one of the very few who stayed with Glow? Well, I was considered like on Matt Simber's team. And I had met Mashula Merkless, who was, uh, you know, the owner of the Riviera. And I wasn't really close to him, but I had like met him a few times. We had had a couple meals together with Matt. And so I, I felt a lot of loyalty um, to him and his entire staff at the Riviera. And Matt actually said to me, cause they were offering a lot of money um, for the girls to go to Powell. I really don't know what the, the rivalry was. I don't know what the problem, I don't know anything about it. I know that they called me and they offered for me to go. And uh, Matt Simber looked at me and said, you know, I would understand, but I don't know that he would understand. Um, so it was just a loyalty thing. You know, the Riviera and Michelle Merkless had invested so much in us. Um, we lived in their house, you know, and, and they gave us everything. And I just didn't feel it was, it was right to, to leave. So, but I really don't know. I don't know what the big problem was. How hard was it for you when you found out you know, your friends, Palestina, Tina Ferrari, um, Attaché, all those people that you had worked with from the beginning now, you're only gonna be left with just a couple. Did you even know who was even coming back for season three? Um, at the time when Pal was, and everybody was leaving, I didn't know that there would be a season three or four. Um, but, you know, like I say, I was a dancer, choreographer, costume maker, so in the break, I just went back to what I call my real life. Um, you know, my mother had a costume shop um, and, and I was teaching dance, choreographing. I just went back to that world. 
Um, and I think it was like, okay, so Susie Spirit and Debbie Debutant definitely stayed. Um, Mount Fiji, of course, stayed. And me. Um, yep, and Hollywood. And Hollywood, yeah. Yep. And, the, and, then, and I don't know. I would assume that Hollywood uh, wrestled with Powell. I don't know that for a fact, but I know she was very close with David McLean. So I would, I would think that she would have done that. Yeah, she didn't go to Powell though, Jeannie. She didn't. Okay. She didn't, yeah, I didn't she, know that. she stayed with Chloe. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I, I know that. that she wanted to work a couple days. I, I remember that she wanted to work like a couple days. Um, I, I believe she wanted to be in L. I think she was from LA, right? Yeah. And she yeah. wanted to go, you know, can I come once a month or can I come, you know, something like that. But then eventually she came back completely full time for right. and, and did all the matches and everything. But in between there, when everybody left, there, there still had to be some footage for the show that they had to do. Like they brought on Sir Miles Headlock for season two. Right. Right. So then in the beginning, as fans noticed, only the girls that stayed, now some of them stayed, but then didn't actually make it to season three, that they did like a little tour, like Tara the Southern Belle. Right. And Susie Spirit, because then in season three, they weren't there. But you would see them with Sir Miles Headlock and you were one and of I the did, ones. I did some work with him as well. So can you tell us what it was like with Sir Miles Headlock and that whole little intro at the beginning of season two? Um, it was very surreal because this was um like voiceovers after it had been done um he was just a very interesting character and man he was um i worked with him but you kind of never you didn't get to feel like you you knew him um we just we just that was just going into the studio for a couple days and um and reading the script and doing doing what we were told which was never one of my favorite things. <laughs> and then another thing that came out during that little time frame in that little transition was also the Glow Magazine. So can you tell us anything you know about the Glow Magazine? Well, the Glow Magazine was amazing. And I feel bad that it, it I think it could have done so much more. First of all, um, Glow, I, I just regret, and I'm sure everybody regrets uh, the split, the divide. Glow could have been 10 times bigger if we had all stuck together. But I think Glow Magazine kind of happened at an awkward time. Like it would have been great if we had rolled into season three and four with with all, all our cast. Um, I ended up uh, dating and living with the photographer from Glow Magazine, um, and I, it was a beautiful magazine, and it had so much possibility. But I just think the timing was unfortunate. Um, it kind of came when when Glow broke up. Yeah, because you can even see too. Then towards the end of season two, the last half, instead of the skits with Sir Miles Headlock to help with the transition, they did the locker room sketch, and they started introducing characters. But we as Steve viewers, Bland, the locker room sketch. God, he yeah. was brilliant. He's so wonderful. And, and, but as viewers, we didn't know those were actual new girls because we never saw them wrestle. We thought, oh, maybe this is a one off skit. Like as a viewer, you didn't know these were going to actually be new characters introduced in season three. Right. Um, what, what are your memories of um, Steve Blantz? 
Oh, first of all, um, the sweetest, most hardworking man I know, but also absolutely brilliant. Um, and I believe he's doing very, very well. He's a very talented writer, but oh my God, he was so funny. And we abused him so badly as the referee. I mean, he's just, uh, he's really an incredible human being and I'm so glad he's doing so well. And then like we stated, you know, there was that split, a new season started, but you know what, Ninochka? This is a story for another show. I think we should come back and continue this story. Do you agree? Absolutely. For once, I agree with something you say. So everyone, I want to thank Ninochka for coming on the show today. And we're going to have her back. And we're going to learn all about season three and four and what to play, took place. Because this interview is so big, we can't contain it in one episode, guys. We got to do a second show to learn more. So thank you for joining us here today, Ninochka. America, I love you and I'm back. And thank you guys for watching and keep it right here for more great interviews. And we will talk to you all soon and come back and watch the second part of Ninochka's interview. Bye everybody.